Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Jason Demland, and I am joined as always and in the future by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Caleb Frankert. Jason, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. Well, all right, let's mix it up. Caleb. Jason. Radio land. (laughs) Video land? Facebook land. This is all new for us. It is. We are being recorded. I mean, we were being... That's not new. (laughs) Well, yeah. I guess we were being recorded before this is a podcast. But now we're being video recorded, and we're just going to pretend like it's not there. That's going to be really hard. This is how we normally do it with lots of lights. Are we going now? Are we recording? Yeah. (laughs) It's recording. Cool. R was pressed. All right. So uh, welcome to Behind the Scenes out there. Uh, if any of you have ever wanted to watch a podcast, now is the time. Check our Facebook page, uh, maybe the YouTube. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, many of you have claimed to have watched the podcast, and uh, now you can. Yeah. <laughs> now, for Pretty real, soon. you can. <laughs> yeah. Man, how's it going today? It's going well. It's a beautiful fall day, man. Look at the sun shining. It's that crisp, cool weather. It just It's good pipe smoking weather. It's great pipe smoking weather. It's like the weather. best for that. Yeah. Pipe smoking, cocktails, bonfire. Campfires. Campfires. Hey. Hey. We're drinking campfires today. That's right. Let's move right into that drink, Caleb. Might as well. We're drinking the campfire sling today, Jason. What do you know about a campfire sling? I, I know absolutely nothing about it, except that we've made one and I've tasted it now. Yeah. Is there a history to this drink that we should be aware of? I couldn't find much of a history. Who invented it? I don't know. I, they should be. They should be. Commended. They should be spoken of. They should be commended. A statue should be made. I, I of think them. it's. I would call this a variation of an old fashioned. Yeah, we were debating that earlier. It's similar to a Manhattan, but it's more similar to an old fashioned. Yes. In the the parts that make it up, even though we're drinking it now out of cocktail glasses instead of rocks glasses. But I don't know what the, if that's right or not because the recipe just stopped after the. Ingredients. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's really uh, right between an old fashioned and a Manhattan. Um, and I'm just going to read off the ingredients mm-hmm. and you make up your own minds at home if you're listening or in the car or wherever you're listening, yeah. running, walking around the block, getting your exercise in, whatever, <laughs> whatever you're doing, <laughs> whatever you do while you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> uh, so we've got two ounces of rye whiskey, high proof, preferably. We've got a quarter ounce of maple syrup, three dashes of chocolate bitters and a flamed orange peel for this one. Yeah, so an old-fashioned is whiskey, simple syrup or sugar, bitters, and then a garnish. So all the components are similar, yeah. but there's a twist on each of them. So we got rye instead of bourbon. Yep. High proof, preferably, and I see why. Maple syrup is quite sweet if you've had it, you it know, is, yeah. and it's it's awesome. I'm a huge maple syrup fan, and real real maple syrup is... The only way to go. It's so special. Uh, just get that taste of tree in there. Yeah, this is kind of similar to the maple old fashions that we had uh, yeah. a few weeks back, but the big change up here would be the rye whiskey. And we mm-hmm. used a very high proof, I, I say very high proof, uh, what was that old Overholt 114? Yeah, it's 114. And it makes a lot of sense in this, uh, calling it a campfire sling. We've got a flamed orange peel in there, so yeah. it's kind of smoky. Yeah. And that high proof just mm-hmm. gives you a little bit of that. It's and not a bad burn. burn. It's a yeah. good burn for sure. Yeah. I really like this a lot. I think it's great. We haven't used chocolate bitters in no. anything that we've made yet either. And I think that does add a little bit of nuance, a little a little different kind of bitter profile, if that's a thing. I love it. It's great. And and you you hit it on the head earlier when you said, I feel like we should be garnishing this with like mini 
marshmallows. Yeah, like yeah just like toasting those mini marshmallows. I, I feel like you could put your orange peel on your, well, what do you call these little skewers? Right, and you, you could you could put a couple marshmallows in between and just kind of flame and char that that whole thing a little bit. Yeah, maybe eat some graham crackers on the side with this one. <laughs> maybe have a little less maple syrup that adds to the sweetness, and then graham crackers on the side. Yeah, yeah, man, I, this is a really fun drink, a fun variation on the old fashioned. Fits the season perfectly. Very fun. Mm. I I think could you get away with this with a, a bourbon? I think so. Yeah. I I would go with something high proof though. I think so. I think yeah. you need a little bit of the heat from the whiskey to cancel out the sweet. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want a lower proof, thinner bourbon. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. think or, or whiskey. It's great, man. I'm glad we found this to fit right into these fall episodes. I like fall drinks a lot. I love the fall. Yeah, we've been on a fall kick. That's yeah. For sure. Oh man. Well, we got to <laughs> soak it up because soon it's going to be miserable winter for right. four months. Next thing you know, it's going to be February, <laughs> and uh, we're going to be wondering how the heck we got here. You know, when when did it when since when does winter last six months? Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised every year when Christmas ends. I know. And winter is still there. You know what, though? <laughs> if the winter is a long winter, there's some really fun winter cocktails that we can we can throw in. So we'll have fun one way or the other. We're going to have to cheer ourselves up come, yeah. come February, March, March. We're <laughs> yeah. really going to have to find <laughs> even some Even April drinks. around here sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe the first half of May even, uh, as we've seen before, like last year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I like this. I, I really I want to play with this a little bit more too. You know, there's some some pretty interesting bourbon releases coming out. Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel. I, I've heard uh, of that magically yeah. hitting the stores. You know, there's a lot of Toasted Barrel things toast, that are coming yeah. out. I guess like I'm just those overly charred. Yeah, I, I feel like that would go really well with something like this. If we can get our hands on something that's extra charry. We should try it in this. We should. It's good. When it's a, called a campfire sling, you should have more burnt wood taste. I agree. Man. Makes sense. You know those little smoking chips that you get for the grill? Yeah. Those little chunks? I almost feel like you could toast one of those and throw it right in this, and it would be it would be right at home in here. I don't know. I don't want to drink out of a thing that's got one of those floating in it. <laughs> okay. Just a piece of wood floating in your drink? I really like this. <laughs> Maybe I'm going overboard. I think you got swept away in the moment. You know what well, make this good? I just want to sprinkle some dirt into my... <laughs> I will say I've had this one before a couple weeks ago when I was trying this out. I'm just as excited about it today as I was a couple weeks ago. Did you make me one? Did yeah. I have one a couple Yeah, weeks? you've had one. Well... It might have been after you had some other stuff. (laughs) Maybe I don't remember it that well. It's the bell of the ball right now. It's the first drink of the day, and it's a winner. It is. I like it a lot. Um, It's uh, definitely got a solid place in the fall drink rotation. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Thank you for finding it. I don't know about rich history or controversy on this one. I think if you try one at home, there's not a lot of controversy. It's just really good yeah it is good <laughs> hey speaking of controversy uh-huh. there might not be a lot about the campfire sling caleb but there's quite a bit about our upcoming finance topic there's some controversy about this one that's for sure so buckle up yeah you're in for a ride everyone <laughs> this is this is gonna be great jason what are we talking about today in our finance topic uh, we're gonna talk about something we get asked a lot something that is a common fight amongst people in high finance. Mm. Does it ever make sense? Those are lame fights, by the way. (laughs) Well, nobody likes to watch them or listen to them on a podcast. They're slappers only. (laughs) The question of today is, does it ever make sense to take money from a retirement account early? Yeah. Like 401ks, IRAs. IRAs. We're going to kind of 
dump all of them together, there is some nuance that goes, it depends on the type of account, and we'll get into a little, a little of that, but does it ever make sense to take money out before you're at retirement age? Yeah, that's a good question. We do get asked that a lot. Uh, I think that this is where we see a lot of folks make a lot of mistakes. So uh, what should we start with? Well, let's go down the ways that you can take money out of a retirement account early without accruing a a penalty. Just for our listeners out there, typically there's a 10% penalty for taking money early. early withdraw. Yeah. It's a tax penalty, 10% if you're under 59 and a half for most of these. And then you also have to pay your income taxes. The things that we'll go through will be some exceptions that get you out of having to pay Mm -hmm. the 10% penalty. Yeah, let's go through these real quick because I don't think we want to spend all of our focus here, but just no. to kind of set the stage a little bit, there are reasons that you uh, might take money out of a 401k. There's exceptions to the rule because these have been some of the common reasons. Yeah. But one, quite honestly, it would be that you pass away <laughs> uh, and the next in line has to take money out of that. But more likely, one that you would maybe deal with would be uh, permanent disability. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you can't go to work anymore chances are you're going to get social security disability, but you might need more to make ends meet. So they're not going to penalize you to take money out there. And I would say, Jason, this is not a situation that you and I have probably run into a whole heck of a lot. I've had a few of these, but you know, I think some of the, as we get through the list, we're going to run into some more of, yeah. of the more common no, ones. It's not, a lot of these make se- seemingly common sense because yeah. they're really hard situations where they're going to waive the penalty because you're probably going to need the money for it. It's a bona fide, legit emergency right, usually. Right. And you know, I think in the IRS's eyes, they know that they're going to be receiving some. Uh, they're, they're they're going to there's going to be some taxable events. They know they're going to get paid, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not going to hurt the IRS revenues uh, or their collections revenues. Their revenue. Do they have goals? <laughs> it, you know what? I bet you they have goals. I. <laughs> It would seem that way. (laughs) You know, it's like anything else if you've worked in a sales job or something like that. And it's like, you know, the focus of the week. Yeah. Even talking to uh, to like IRS auditors and things like that. It's like, yeah, well, you know, we're really going after the home office this year. It's like, we're going to get that. that, Yeah. Well, we got a high home office goal uh, this year for audits. (laughs) I I don't know. They probably do. Travis would be a good one to talk to about that, I I bet. (laughs) Okay. So moving on. The next one would be money used to pay medical expenses. Mm-hmm. So there's there's some nuance like there is with all of these, but there are some cases where if you have extremely high medical expenses, you can take money from qualified accounts and not pay the penalty. Mm-hmm. We're going to reiterate this, I think. That doesn't mean you don't pay taxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, this <laughs> is just no getting, getting around You're that. just getting rid of the tax penalty, the, the extra pain. Yeah, so if you have a whole bunch of medical expenses and they're more than 10% of your adjusted gross income, you might be able to get an exemption from that. Hey, another one, Caleb, is if you're in the military and you're called to active duty. Hmm. I don't know why you would need to get that money out, but we love our troops in this country. So that's a nice little benefit for them, a little little activated loophole for our active duty military. Yeah. This one's a little mind-boggling. It just seems like a benefit, an added benefit for active duty military, but I guess I can't really see why you would need to pull money out of your 401k because you're an active duty. In I just thought of like, you're like, why should the military get it? What are they doing? It's like, it's like on a ship, women and children. Women and children every, first. I, mean, yeah. I mean, why should Come they? On. <laughs> what about equal treatment, right? What's the next one, Jason? Paying an IRS levy. So uh, if you owe <laughs> the IRS a whole goals. bunch of money, they're going to ruin your life if you don't pay them. So they, they at least don't 
penalize you more when you owe them some money <laughs> and you're taking money we out won't of retirement. We penalize account. you to pay us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, Caleb, the next one that we're going to talk about is actually one that I've seen legitimately used yeah. for people that want to retire early. Mm -hmm. And that is taking substantially equal periodic payments. Yeah. Uh, and you can set that up. I don't recommend you do that almost ever unless you have really worked out the numbers. Uh, you have to be very careful how you do this. This is the old 72T rule. So if you, you know, maybe you've, if you're working with an advisor who's got some experience under his belt, this, and you're thinking about retiring early, you might've heard the 72T rule. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the idea is retiring early, relying on the income. If you take it out in equal payments. Substantially. Substantially. <laughs> equal uh, payments. And, and sequential, right? Periodic. Yeah. But if you screw this up, the penalties kick in, and it can be very expensive. I've seen it blow up before from people that didn't quite understand what they were getting into. However, it can be, it can be a good strategy to avoid the 10% tax penalty and yeah. bridge the gap when you retire before 59 and a half. And this isn't the point of this episode, but that's where we look at someone who's maybe looking at retiring early and saying, well, let's take a look at non-qualified assets and some other things to get us through. But uh, that, I guess that's not the spirit of this episode. But No, we're trying to scare people into not taking money out of yeah. their retirement accounts early, not give them ideas on how to do it. There, there are some exceptions out there that apply to 401k only, right, Jason? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so these don't apply to IRAs. Uh, IRAs and 401ks have very similar rules most of the time. But as we have learned through our career, they are not identical. So for the 401k only, if you leave your job the year you turn 55 or later, you may qualify to not have a 10% tax penalty. That's a good reason to leave some money in a 401k mm -hmm. rather than roll it to an IRA if you are retiring early. Sometimes that's really nice if your plan allows for that. Yeah. I, and I've had some clients too where we do retire early. We've got a good pension. You know, don't need social security. Is waiting for that to kick in. Yeah. And we might leave a portion in the 401k as a just in case. Mm -hmm. Just in case, maybe you want to leave X amount of years of withdrawals in there because you can hit that without penalty versus the IRAs. But yeah. when you hit 59 and a half, really not a lot of reason to keep it in there beyond that. So at that point, yeah. you want to roll it in yeah. as part of your, your overall plan. There's another one, the 401k that's divided in a divorce, mm -hmm. right? Uh, yeah. Known as the quadro or the qualified domestic uh, relations order. We've seen this one. That's where the court says, hey, Half of this 401k now belongs to your ex-spouse. Yep. They're not going to penalize you for making that right. move. You roll so. that over. So they've got a carve out for the quadro. Uh, another exception is if you over-contributed to your 401k. Yep. And you're taking Whoops. money out. <laughs> yeah. You, if you accidentally put more than you were allowed to put in, you better take it out or they'll penalize you for over-contributing. Yep. But they won't penalize you for taking the mistake out, which is nice. Yeah. So there's also some exceptions that are IRA only. Yeah. And I think this is where we tend to see a little bit more common. One would be qualified higher education expenses, so like college tuition, room and board, books, all that kind of stuff. There, there are some caps on this stuff too. But if you take money out for college tuition, things like that, again, mm -hmm. you're not going to get out of paying taxes. You know, waive the 10% penalty. I think the next one is probably the one we see the most, Jason. Yeah, if, if first-time home buyers, yeah, you get up to ten thousand dollars that you can take out penalty-free. Uh, you still pay income taxes if it's a traditional IRA, mm -hmm. but ten thousand dollars you can take out if it's your first if you qualify as a first time home buyer. Yep. Something interesting about these last two that we've talked about with the IRA, these are um, it's good for you and your family, right? Mm -hmm. So you can you know your kids can be included. You have a max of ten thousand lifetime though, as far as that yeah. first time home buyer goes. So again, there's some reasons where you could do it without penalty. I guess there I can think of one time when I recommended someone 
liquidating some of their IRA for college tuition, room, board, and books. Their situation was kind of unique. But again, none of these are anything we're going to recommend a whole heck of a lot, Jason, right? Because No. no. I mean, that, I think that brings us into really, I want to talk about why people want to do this. Because I, I'm sorry. Before you do, there was one more we missed. Oh, oh. I, I'm that's, sorry. That's my fault. Uh, money can be used to cover health insurance premiums if you're unemployed. Got it. Got it. If you're unemployed, yep. you can do health insurance premiums. Okay. Now, why would okay. we not do this, even if we can? Well, I want to I want to get... We just said there's a bunch of exceptions for the 10% tax penalty, and the 10% tax penalty is a good reason to not do it. Mm-hmm. So right away, if you don't qualify for any of these, you should not do it already because a 10% penalty is a lot of money. Yeah. And then you're going to pay your tax bracket too. So you could be paying 30 or 40% altogether on these withdrawals when you take the money out early. That's not good. That's no. bad. That's a huge... It, if your interest rate on a loan was 30 or 40%, you'd be dumb to do that. Uh, credit cards are less than that. Yeah. And that and credit cards, we've said, are they're awful. Yeah. So you don't want to do it. I want to get into why people do do it, why they do do these things. <laughs> okay. What? Yeah, no, I, anytime someone says do-do, I just, I can't help it. I'm 10 years old. Why? Do-do, like poo. <laughs> See, you're 10 too. <laughs> yeah, I held it in a long time though. Yeah. But I want to talk about why people do it. And then we'll get into more of like why they shouldn't Yeah, as like, we talk about Here's that, why people do it. We're hoping to kind of reprogram your thinking to get you to not think about it simply, but compoundly yes don't be simple-minded be, <laughs> be compound-minded compound and you know what calling back to our compound interest episode is 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 going to play into this yeah absolutely for sure so yeah. we'll, if you listen to that bonus points you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of why we're recommending this caleb i want to posit to you a question slash statement okay that you respond posit to. away my friend we have been outspoken against debt on yes. this show and in our practice yeah. with our clients Debt is the enemy of financial independence. Mm-hmm. So when we preach that to people, they hear, I should do whatever it takes to whatever get out of debt. It takes. And yeah. they get really psyched up. And yep. they're like, hey, I was saving in a 401k. Maybe you weren't even saving in the 401k. Your company was just putting money sure. in for you. You're like, that's not even my money, but it grew. And I've got a few thousand dollars sitting over here. I've got some debt. You know what would move the needle really fast? Taking that money out of there and paying off this debt. Caleb, I know this has happened with you. This has happened with me. Uh-huh. And and maybe you even have personal experience with it. Will you comment on the psychology of somebody in that situation yeah. and then really tell them why that's such a dumb idea to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. So I I welcome these conversations because one, that means we've we've hit the point where we are we see our debt. <laughs> yeah. We are What's the word I'm looking for? We're unsatisfied with ourselves yeah. when we see that we, we are ashamed of we are ashamed of our debt. We've come to a point in Dishamed. our life where we yeah, where uh, we we see that we're wrong. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And we want to do okay. anything we can to repent of our debtful ways <laughs> and get out of debt. So uh, usually this conversation is someone who's bought into you're right. Debt sucks. Let's not do that anymore. Let's do everything we can. Like Dave Ramsey says. Sell everything to the point where the kids think that they're next, right? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, that, that same kind of mentality. So I like that conversation because I go, great, we've checked that box. No more debt. You're not going back there, right? Here's why it's not a great idea to take it from your retirement accounts, especially if you have sizable retirement accounts. You know, mm-hmm. Let's say that you're in your 30s and you've got $20,000 in nagging credit card debt and you've only got $20,000 in a uh, retirement account. Well, you'd say, okay, I'll take it from this side of the balance sheet. 
I'll put it over here, right? From from that perspective, remember yeah, yeah. the uh, balance sheet episode? Right. Sames, yep. right? Samesies. No. His net worth is not impacted. <laughs> because at 30 years old, this is not an exception for one. 10% penalty. Yeah. Uh, and then, like you said just a minute ago, your tax bracket, you could really realistically look at netting ten dollars or $12,000 out of that $20,000. Yeah. Guess what? You still got $8,000 in debt left over. Mm-hmm. What I'm getting at is if you know any money in your mind that you want to take out a 401k to apply to debt, uh, you have to take out more to get that net number, right? right? Uh, and that's money that's just down the tubes. Not only is it down the tubes, but that's money that was tax deferred mm-hmm. and probably growing substantially, yeah. uh, especially with the markets that we've had over the past few years. So while I hate debt, I would say this is the place that you don't go. You don't touch this. You sell the motorcycle. You sell the the guitar. You sell <gasps> you sell anything else before you sell your retirement out. Yeah, uh, you, you know. And, and when we talk about compounding, I'm I'm going to harken back to that episode again. Yeah, time is your friend. Time is uh, remember that equation you gave out. Nope, compounding interest <laughs> sounds simple. Yes. Yeah. But it's not. And then there's that long equation. The T in there was time, mm-hmm. and you can't buy that back. Right. You can't get that back once the money comes out of the account to pay off the debt. You're starting back from scratch. That's time. Mm-hmm. That's compounded, already compounded interest that you just you don't get back. And and you know, do yourselves a favor if you want to look into this a little bit more. There are some charts out there. If you have fun with spreadsheets like I do, you can map this all out on a spreadsheet and say, okay, you referred to it in the, that episode uh, on compounding. If you started 10 years later, right, but actually mm-hmm. put more into an account than someone who did it 10 years before, who comes out ahead generally? The person that started earlier. Yeah, the so, person with the bigger T, more yeah, T. Exactly. The T is the big piece of this equation yeah. that you're really robbing yourself of here. And that's why I, I I don't think I've ever recommended anybody to pull money from retirement to pay off debt. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you is a twofold answer Yeah. that... Number one, it's a there's a giant tax on doing it. Yeah. So you're not just moving from one hand to the other. Like you said, you're you're taking a hit. You gotta pay the IRS a bunch of extra money that you probably wouldn't have had to otherwise. Yeah. And then secondly, you've got you're missing out on the power of compounding mm-hmm. and you've just taken a chunk of money that was invested earlier yeah. than money that you might put in later when you're out of debt. And you just miss all of the power of compounding over many, many years, possibly. If mm-hmm. you if you took 20 grand out at age 30 or age 40 or even age 50, you're missing 10, 20, 30, 40, yeah. 50 years of compounding, potentially. Well, and, and that example that I gave with, let's say it's $20,000 and you say, oh, okay, it took me three or four years to put that $20,000 into that retirement account. So I set myself back three or four years. No, no. no. When you get 30 years down the road... You can't think of it from the you know just the idea that I took twenty thousand out. I set myself back twenty thousand, which is three years or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. It's all the compounding that would have continued on that twenty thousand dollars, yeah. and beyond. So you're really robbing yourself. Yeah. And in the meantime, you're throwing penalty money. Yeah. I mean, you're you're setting you like like these orange rinds <laughs> that we set a flame to. That's that's what we're doing with that money. <laughs> Except we're not. You're not even going to garnish a delicious. Yeah, you're not even going to exactly. It. You're going to do it and give it to the IRS. Nobody likes them. No. I think that's a great that's a great example. A great reason. Most not a great a great reason not to. Right. Um. Taking taking the money to pay off debt is usually a large one. It's the most noble sounding of the yeah. non penalty options. I think so. I th- that's why I want to start with it because your application, your ex- explanation for why not to do it, 
That really applies to almost every other scenario. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need a new car. My car broke down. Why should I not do it? Same reasons. Yeah, I don't, want a, I don't want a 5% loan, right? Yeah. But I'll take it out of my 401k because it's already there. You're gonna be, you're paying way more back. Absolutely. Uh, by pulling it out of your 401k. And again, we don't, we don't want to encourage loans. But that's where, well, it's better than taking money out of buy your the car that account. you buy the car that you can afford. Yeah, let's look at other options. Right, like and, and same with getting out of debt. You want to get out of debt really fast. And I've, I even had somebody reach out to me before that knew that I had gone through a very mm-hmm. similar situation as them, and uh, and they were just like, I really, I feel like we're not making any progress. I want to take out my retirement account to put towards it. And I was like, No, I know exactly how you feel. Yeah, it will move the needle on the debt, but it's not a good financial move. You're doing all the right things to get out of debt. Keep doing it. It's a grind. Mm-hmm. Don't use that money because it's going to set you back even further. Yep. But for other things like buying a motorcycle, a down payment for a house, finance like, as an alternative to financing something, it's still not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, because of what I said earlier, it's it's ten. If you're under fifty nine and a half and doesn't qualify for one of those exception exemptions we said, you have ten percent right out the gate. Then you have your tax rate. Yeah. And that basically is equivalent of a gigantic interest loan. And you know, you you just mentioned again the first time home buyer, and I, I feel like this is one. This is another one that's looked at as a as a noble cause, right? Yeah, it and seems good. Home ownership, the pride of ownership. Yeah. It's a good. It's Americans we, good. We've we've got this idea that's been instilled, in, and this is where I'm gonna. This is where this is opinion. <laughs> but, this is all opinion. <laughs> it, well, it's all opinion, but this is not necessarily financial uh, advice here. But we have this mindset that everybody deserves to own a house in this country. Mm-hmm. This is part of why you know I think that that they're okay with waiving that ten percent if it's if it's you know going to, towards home ownership and living the American dream. Here's the truth, and and I understand that people think, well, yeah, but this could keep me from paying mortgage insurance and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which I agree that's not a good thing. There are other programs out there, by the way, still where you might not have to pay mortgage insurance and maybe you don't have the twenty percent down payment. But here's the, it's a shortcut. It's all shortcuts. Yeah. This is why I go back to you should have twenty percent down when you buy a house. Yeah. Why not? Save it up outside of your retirement accounts. Right. That's not what your retirement accounts are for. If you are scraping together every last penny that you can um, to barely get qualified for you're probably in not entering into a great situation in the first place. Yeah. And if you've got to hit your IRA to do that, again, you, you probably need to re-examine your priorities. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with renting. I say it every time something breaks at my house. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with renting. I don't know why. Yeah. When, I, when a roof needs replaced, I go, this is why I, you know... I could totally see going back to running at some point. But, well, now that I've got equity and all that kind of stuff, I guess it's been worth it. But, you know, I look back and I, I, I look at the house I bought and our financial situation when we bought it. I go, we probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, same here, man. It's the same thing. That's that's exquisitely well put. Yeah, We do a lot of things with money because we just think like we deserve it. And a lot of these exemptions for taking money out of a 401k or an IRA are, are shortcuts. Yeah, that's it, what it is. It's a shortcut. Like you're like, oops, I messed up. This will this will help me through it, but it's really going to be setting you back. Mm-hmm. And with the house example, that's great because that is probably another really noble one. Like, well, I I will have less debt if well, I take money and, out. And of this here. isn't always I'm going to take it out of my IRA for my house. It's yeah. Hey, my, my kids, you know, mm-hmm. my kids want to buy a house. They need a little bit of help. I'd like to help them out. I have all this money in a 401k. I know I can help them. I'm going to do this noble thing and help. But it's not a good situation. No, it's bad. And it really it, it, it uh, indicates that there's been really poor planning. Mm-hmm. The seven Ps. Have you heard that? 
Uh, I have heard my of grandma, that. I couldn't my grandma, my grandma Ditto all, always said it. <laughs> Your and grandma my mom Ditto says it. My sister says it. Awesome She's got. Stuff. She has some good <laughs> catchphrases for sure. This one is piss poor prior planning prevents proper performance. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. I think. Anyway, that's say, say that again. Piss poor prior planning prevents proper performance. Okay. She was a smart lady. Well, that is wise, and it, that applies to these situations. If you're in a situation where you have to take money out of a retirement plan, or you're thinking about it, you probably have to examine how you got there. Yeah. Now, I don't want to like bring people down that are in dire straits that mm-hmm. are looking at these sorts of things. So uh, we can talk about when it's probably okay to take money out. Okay. But... I get it that you get into a tough spot and you've got money saved up somewhere and you're like, I should go, I should go get that out of there. I've mm-hmm. had, I've had all sorts of reasons. I've had elective surgeries. I've had not quite elective surgeries that like really would have improved quality of life. Mm-hmm. They did not qualify for an exemption because they weren't going to be disabled. It wasn't like they weren't terminally ill, mm-hmm. like stuff like I need, I want to get my teeth fixed. They're really bothering me or, uh, things like things like that. And then paying off debt is like the, the hugest one. Um, so they take money out. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. Before go ahead. You, what we keep talking about here is people go to their IRA or their 401k because that's the only place that they've built wealth. Well, that's their emergency fund. Yeah. And, and that's not an emergency fund, by the way. Um, but th- this just, I, I, I want to plug another episode here and yes. say, go back to the hierarchy of savings or the order of savings episode. This is why we don't recommend that you put all of your money into retirement funds. Yeah. Because you need money for a down payment for a house. You need money for a car that's not going to run forever that you're going to have to replace at some point. Um, and, and I think that if you're out there listening and you say, well, wait a second, most of my money is in my 401k or IRA too. Yeah, join the club. The rest of America is the yeah. same way. Yeah. Um, but that's why we would recommend, you know, you only go up to a certain point and then you start funding other things. But I think that that's, like you said, it's a shortcut, but also sometimes that's the only place we have to go. And you might have yeah. a, a person who's really doing well financially that's you know really getting aggressive with retirement savings, but maybe they're not funding other stuff. And as soon as an emergency happens, they're thinking of hitting their gigantic 401k or IRA. Well, they did something wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. Caleb, before we go on yeah. to things that we approve of okay. for taking money okay. out, I want to jump on one little thing. Okay. And if you've been listening to the episode this far, you've probably been screaming it at the uh, <laughs> podcast device, uh, at the at the radio, or the uh, the, the AirPod, video. or whatever. <laughs> you, you've been like, "Hey, dummies! There's such a thing as a 401k loan." Yeah, yeah. Well, we just told you how we felt about loans, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, and really, so that that kind of encapsulates all of that. Loans are bad. It's still a bad. Yeah, but I'm paying interest back to myself. Okay, Jason, tell me why that doesn't make sense. Because you, you took the loan out against yourself. It, it's You're not making money off of that. In fact, you're losing out on compounding yeah. because there's not money in your account that should be growing. Mm-hmm. That's the number one reason that it doesn't work well. Paying the interest back is paying the interest on the loan. And there's a huge risk involved with it too that a lot of people don't even think about. And that is, what if you lose your job? Yeah. Or you find a better job and or it's you, time to leave. Yeah. Or you want to leave. Yeah. That, that's an even more optimistic. Right. Like, let's look on the bright side. You're, You're a great worker. You want to be stuck in a bad situation and you've got the job of your dreams and, you know, you don't want to make that move because, oh, I've still got $20,000 out on my 401k loan. Well, that all becomes taxable, by the way, the second you move. As soon as you're not there anymore, yeah. you 
Well, you can pay it back. Sure. It's just due if you right can do now. It now. Yeah. And if you and if you if, don't, if you can do that, you wouldn't take the loan. <laughs> right. You shouldn't have needed to take <laughs> right. the loan out anyway. And you do it, and and it's all due right now. Well, you can't pay twenty thousand dollars back because you used a four hundred one k loan to buy a car yep. or do a down payment on your house or get out of debt, consolidate debt. You're we're, stuck we're in the rollover job. business. How many yeah. times have we seen this, Jason? Yeah. You can't do a rollover of the whole thing. They got to pay that back. That counts as a taxable distribution. Yeah. And if you're under fifty nine and a half, you get a ten percent tax penalty on it too. So now I hope. Not only did you have to only pay interest to yourself, you paid a 10% penalty interest. You, you can and then see your the tax air quotes bracket. on the video, but yeah. not in the podcast. I think so. that the I think that my voice was okay. dripping with sardonic wit when I said it. It was dripping. <laughs> Drooping. Yeah, anyway, yeah, that's don't a great do it. point. No, because I, I feel like that's one of the... Well, the 401k loans are such a great thing. Are they? Are they? No. Whenever we have advised on setting up a 401k plan for a company, I'm like, do not allow these. Yeah. Don't do it. They're bad. It's it's a tax on people that aren't exactly sure of what they're what they're doing usually. It's right. like it's like offering we both worked at banks where they were like early access <laughs> or immediate funds or whatever they're called. You could pay a fee. Shortcut. Shortcut. Yeah. To Shortcut. get basically a a payday loan. Yeah. Which is you know, and it's uh what's that? Usury. It's usury. usury. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that uh, I get it when people need to access 401ks. I, I get it. I understand. Mm-hmm. Maybe a loan's not the best way to do it. May, uh, you know, leaving the loan out of it, like you said, when they're, when you're setting up a plan, just don't even allow it. There still are hardship withdrawals, okay? Yeah. And that's the only time you should be taking money out of your 401k early. Right. Those are those are more murky. I don't yeah. think the IRS is very clear on what actually qualifies. It's financial hardship. Yeah. But that really, that's just exempting you from the, the 10% penalty too, right? Typically, sometimes maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, if you're in if you're in dire straits, financial hardship, things are really going against you. There may be reasons that I'm going to say you've got no other choice. Yep. And and we can go through those now too. But really, if you don't fall under these categories, you got to find a different way. Yeah. You're probably just trying to find a shortcut or put a bandaid on something. You don't want to make another mistake yep. to follow another mistake. You got well, to stop at some because point because then you're compounding. Yeah, we keep going back to that. That's but right. seriously, mistakes compound too. Yeah, and financially speaking, that's that's dangerous. We see it all the time where one bad decision leads to another bad decision, which yep. rolls into another decision and another. And the next thing you know, you've got a compound, complicated, bad situation. Yeah, you don't want to compound the bad way. No, we got to compound the remember good way. compounding works. For you or against you. Yeah, even with decision-making and <laughs> behavioral finance. Well, let's talk about a couple of the cases where we would say, yes, take the money out of your 401k. It's okay in this situation. What's the first one, Jason? Uh, the first one I'll go with is number two. Okay. okay. <laughs> on what we wrote down is avoiding foreclosure. You are not making payments on your house. Mm-hmm. You bought a house. You know, this is indicative that you might have gotten to a bad, like you bought, might have bought too much house. People do it all the time, especially before 2008 and nine. Yeah. Uh, you just get the extra room because then you'll have it. Mm-hmm. And you just get the, <laughs> the extra garage because then you'll have that it. That way you'll have it. <laughs> but, um, so if, if Hopefully you are, there's some Arrested yeah, Development fans out so. there. <laughs> Please tell your friends about this show. If you, if you are being foreclosed on, if foreclosure is happening or imminent, in that situation, I would say, hey, it's okay to take money out of your 401k. You're probably not going to qualify for a hardship withdrawal. You, yeah. ha- you have to usually be already getting your butt kicked yeah. uh, by the IRS. Like we already said, the IRS will 
will let you let you pay them back with your money without a penalty, which is nice because they'll take it anyway. Right. But avoiding foreclosure, that's one of the most painful things people can go through. Uh, maybe one of the second most financial financially painful things you can go through, through compared to the other thing that we'll talk about. But I'd say if you are in legit, I, I don't know, like, a, you know, it's going to happen. It's imminent. It's, yeah, imminent. If you're in a... You know, if your house is going to be foreclosed on is yeah. what I'm saying. Take money out of your retirement plan. Pay the bank or whatever, mm-hmm. it, especially if it's going to get you back right and you're going to be okay. I could, if I you're going to be back right and okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're not, you need to figure out, you know, do we need to sell this house? Do we need, I mean, because that mm-hmm. just goes back to you don't take some out and say, well, okay, I avoided the foreclosure this time. But for six more months. And then you're going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. That's when, like, like you said, I, you know, I can understand if there's an unemployment situation or a yeah. health situation that uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, maybe, and you just yeah. got to do what you got to do to get back on your feet. Yep. But it's not something you're going to want to prolong and just keep. And I have seen this where yeah. where people just, well, I, I can hit my 401k or my IRA if I need you to get me by. But the next thing you know, we're needing to get by every month. Yeah. And our job's not cutting it. That means that we are over leveraged. We've overextended ourselves. And we got to fix the true injury, exactly. the true problem. Rather than treating the symptoms. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, people probably guess what the other thing we're going to talk about is, Caleb. Bankruptcy. Yeah. You know, and this it's funny when you put this on here, you and I talked and I said, actually, that may be a reason to keep money in your 401k. <laughs> I Yeah. <laughs> There's a we, protection rule. We can talk about that a lot, actually. I mean, we talk about the morality of owing yeah. and paying your bills. I, I will I will err on the side of trying to avoid bankruptcy at almost all costs. Mm-hmm. And if that means taking money out of your 401k to do it, I would do it. Now, in the world of finance and in the world of many popular businessmen, maybe some with uh, ridiculous hair and (laughs) political influence, they tend to take really good advantage of bankruptcy laws and rules to protect their personal wealth. They know exactly what's going to be covered, what's going to be excluded, and when they can file again. And while it's not illegal... I would I would argue that it's pretty immoral. Like I agree. You promise to pay something, you should do it. And to avoid filing bankruptcy, which is basically saying to everyone, ah, sorry, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I can't it's pay not, you. It's not the Michael Scott, <laughs> I declare bankruptcy. Yeah, it's it's actually, actually filing <laughs> chapter 11 or 7 or whichever chapter your attorney has convinced you of doing. I think you should avoid it at almost all costs. And if you've got money in your retirement account that's going to get you out of that situation and it will pay off. This is basically... And you never go back. And you don't go back. This is basically us justifying, like we started out with, uh, you should never pay off debt Yeah. until it gets so bad that you're about to go bankrupt. <laughs> then it's okay. That's what we're basically saying. It's a last ditch effort, a last yeah. resort. I think you should avoid bankruptcy. But Caleb, you're right. You could leave money in an IRA or a 401k, declare bankruptcy, and still have that money. Look, I've seen high earners who, um, you know, maybe there's a lawsuit pending against them, or may- maybe there's the imminent bankruptcy. Yeah. And in the meantime, they are socking as much as they can yeah, into qualified the accounts. Max. And it's smart. Yeah, it's, it's savvy. from a financial standpoint, it's smart. It is savvy. It's shrewd. Yeah. But is it moral? No, I think. I you, guess that all depends on the reason for the bankruptcy, though. Too. I, yeah, um, that's true. Uh, I don't know. You should pay your bills. If you said you're going to do something, you should do it. I agree. But, but that should not be a let yourself off the hook and say, well, yeah, that credit card statement's due again, so I'm just going to I'm gonna dig into my IRA. No, sometimes you need to get the, the budget out 
and make some <laughs> tweaks and changes and actually just do the work. Yeah. I mean, just grow up and stop getting stuff you can't afford. Yeah. That usually will help. Sometimes there are situations outside of your control, you know, with health issues, with unemployment, that sort of thing. And those are the people I don't want to like just make really sad and rain all over them saying, I understand. It's okay. Sometimes that's all you got. This is the only lever you have left is to throw the switch that says empty my 401k. If you're in that situation, I'm sorry, that stinks. We've counseled people through that before. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, that's actually not the issue. It's Here, something deeper. You know, this isn't, uh, we, we didn't really talk about this while we were planning this episode out. But one other thing I'll just throw in there, because it's not totally in line with the episode, but it's also, I, I think as, as a, an advisor... I've learned to ask questions when I get these, you know, yeah. requests for money, right? Like great questions. I need to take X amount out of my uh, my IRA. You know, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah, I'm sure I want to do this. Okay, you understand this, 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 and this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand. And then that's it. But asking a few extra questions, there have been some scenarios where let's talk about why we're doing this. Well, yeah. my son or, you know, family member, whatever, is uh, putting money down on a house they bought. I had had one situation, right? They bought a great house. At a sheriff's auction. Fantastic deal. Asked mom if she could help out with the down payment. She called saying, well, I haven't had to tap into my IRA. That's what it's there for. So you can, if you know that the money is coming back, right, you can do the 60-day rollover. Yeah. It's it's a very, very finicky situation. It's not one that I recommend willy-nilly. But the reason I bring it up is, hey, here's another cheat way to take money out of your 401k or your IRA. Yeah, this is a cheat way. But this is one of those things where I say, okay, if you think, well, I guess withdrawing is my last ditch effort, I'll just take this out and then they'll pay me back or whatever. Remember, in some cases, if you have to do this, every 12 months, you can do this if you replenish the funds Within 60 days. 60 days. Yeah, you've got a a 60-day rollover that you can do out of these accounts. So, it's Caleb... In this scenario, I'm about to be foreclosed on my house. Yeah. And I, I could take my $50,000 IRA uh-huh. and make myself square with the bank and be good to go and, and then get my job and income back up and my budget down and be good to go. Uh-huh. Or I could take my $50,000 IRA out, uh-huh. go uh, to the craps table. Yes. Or, or, or roulette. <laughs> it's all gone anyway. I know, right? I'm going to lose anyway. Or I put it all on red or black and double it. Didn't we, didn't and we then do this one once? I put $50,000 back and I put $50,000 towards the house. Boom. Yeah. Is perfect. that not good financial advice? Well, if you can make that work every time, <laughs> let's be friends. Uh, we, we, uh, we had a gambling episode, didn't we? Um, no, the reason I bring this up is, uh, sometimes that's not all she wrote whenever you take money out. So I, I know in my, in my experience, when I've had a client take a sizable withdrawal out of an IRA for whatever reason, I say, be in touch with me over the next 60 days, because if we can, anything that we can scrape together to get to throw back into this, uh, as part of a 60 day rollover is going to help us get back to where we were logistically i guess i've never done it piecemeal but can you gradually put the money back in over 60 days does the irs care man i don't know about that that's a i've real, always I, done I'm it such a good in one, one chunk and most of the time we've been able to you know in a lot of cases we've replenished all of it yeah um but just it, know on day 61 everyone it's, it's done it's so all done. and i tell everybody if you're if know that when you take the money out this could be it and there's penalties and taxes yep. but if we can replenish some of this within 60 days let's do that yep they'll be okay with that yeah um so there are there that's are some times where we've used that and it's worked yeah. um that's not in my opinion it, it's a dangerous strategy and but it still it, is indicative of poor planning it if could you be, have to yeah. use it you shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't use that strategy sure. I, 
you, you know, if that's your last, uh, if that's your last, what, what last tool in your tool belt, I yeah. guess, then you utilize it if you can. But uh, there, <laughs> the IRS isn't real graceful about day sixty-one or sixty-two. So nope, there's no grace period. You owe them. They like their money. So I guess what I wanted to get at there was you might take it out, but um, there might be, you know, it, it might not all be gone yeah. if you can help it. So remember, there are some options uh, in that 60-day window. That's great, man. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Any other tidbits before we distill it down? I don't think so. Let's do that. All right. Uh, distillate number one. There are lots of ways you can take money out of your retirement accounts. We went through a lot of reasons to do it. Lots of lots of exemptions, exceptions, ways you can take money out penalty-free. But mm-hmm. penalty-free does not mean tax-free. That's the big one there. If right? you've got tax-deferred money and you take money out, Uncle Sam wants to settle up with you and they're, he's going to make you. So yeah. you're going to pay your tax rate on that money. Yeah. The second point is think of all the compounding and the tax deferral that you're missing out on. If compounding is uh, a boring word, go back to our compounding uh, episode. Where we made it exciting and cool. Yeah, we made it cool again. (laughs) But that's a really good way to to kind of uh, put into perspective what you really are missing out on. So what we're saying is make sure that that's what you want to do before you do it and count the cost. And, you know, we can help you with that. We can put yeah. some math behind it. I mean, it. yeah, talk to talk to a pro that can actually do this stuff with you. It's it'll, It should be worth it. Uh, we never like to see people go into hardship. Nope. We want and to help. Again, you know, and like in any of these cases, any of these episodes, if, you, if you're dealing with a competent financial advisor, they can help guide you. So. Yeah. Uh, Distillate number three, sometimes you... Got to do what you got to do. Yeah, it's not fun, but no. uh, there are a couple of instances where you may need to do it, and we would approve it too. But yeah. uh, it's an indicative of a bad situation. So, yeah, but yeah, don't let the house go. And yeah, uh, if you can pay your debts, then pay your debts. Yeah, man. How about a call to action, Jason? Have an emergency fund. Yeah, I don't. I mean, so uh, listen to our other episodes. Hire us as financial planners. I don't know your your call to actions <laughs> should be really though. Make sure that you are doing things in the right order. It's good to save for retirement. If you are making yourself cash poor because you can't stand looking at a little bit of money in a savings account because it's for emergencies, you're doing it wrong. You need that emergency fund. You can't predict what's going to happen. You could become disabled. You could lose your job. Yep. Uh, the market could crash. Lots of stuff could happen that, and you need a stopgap. That's not a 60 day rollover or a 401k loan or a hardship withdrawal. Yeah. Just have that emergency fund. Yeah. Your 401k, your IRA is not your emergency fund. Right. And like we've said in other episodes, the roof needing replaced is not an, it's not an emergency. No, That's you can a planned expense. That. Yeah. New car is usually not. So these things that people usually hit up their retirement accounts for don't count, in my opinion, <laughs> as a, a legitimate emergency. So you got to yeah, do man. the other stuff. The more and more we went through this episode, Jason, the more and more I thought that order of savings episode is really beneficial. That and compounding uh, just supports the case here. So. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll call back to that some more in the future as we go through the steps of the order of savings. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah, man, well, that's been I great. I think this was a valuable episode, hopefully. Thanks yeah. for having a drink with us this week. It's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic that you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance podcast, be sure to email us at speakeasy at oldfashionedfinance.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you know or someone you love or someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. Or your neighbor. (laughs) Anyone, really. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook and Instagram. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Jason and Caleb. Cheers. Cheers.
Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC, Blue Jay, is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction, unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by Blue Jay in the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant to an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written content on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay, unless otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation.